Blog Talk Radio.
Praise your name. Praise your name. Praise you, Lord. Hallelujah. Glory to your wonderful name. Well, shalom, brothers and sisters. Welcome to the Lord's hour. Bless each one of you in the name of Jesus, name above all names. Amen. We're grateful that we can come together, that God has made a way that seems to be out not away. Yesterday, Brother Ellie put up that blog talk was down. I went and checked, and they were doing maintenance. But God has made a way for us to be on the night. Praise God that he has a message that needs to be heard. And he'll make a way that seems to be no way in his perfect way in time. Amen. Glory to his wonderful name. And we worship and honor you and thank you for it, Lord. Father, we thank you that we have a place, a refuge, a place to rest, and to sit at your feet, and to hear you, Lord Jesus, by your spirit, the truth of your word. Glory to your wonderful name. As your blood covers a multitude of sin. Hallelujah. Well, bless each one of you, brothers and sisters. Welcome to the Lord's Hour on the chat room and by blog talk and by phone and Skype. Bless each brother and sister in Christ and all that are seeking for the truth. This is a place you can come and hear the truth and not a bunch of lies and deception, not manipulation or man's wisdom, but the truth of God's word. This is the only thing that will stand His word does not come back void. His word will go out and it will perform and complete. It will be fulfilled, whatever the Lord says. Amen. Study yourself to be approved, as my sweet baby tells us, Sis Brenda. But the word of the Lord, study thyself approved. Praise God. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Lord, We come before you humble now. Join me in prayer, brothers and sisters. Father, we thank you and praise you. We humble ourselves before you. Lord, we ask to be guided and anointed by the Holy Spirit for us to bring forth the word, to serve you and honor you. Lord, we pray for your protection by the power of your name, Lord Jesus, and by the applied blood of Jesus over our hearts and minds. Protect us from the enemy, O Lord. Protect us from distractions of the world, Lord. Protect us from deceptions and lies of this world. Oh, Lord, let us be alert and wise. Let us be like Bereans and study your word and show ourselves approved of Almighty God. Lord, we just pray for protection of your mighty, mighty angels all around us. Lord, open the eyes of your people to see who is for us is mightier than who is against us. Hallelujah to your name. We just thank you and praise you, Lord, that we can come together, come together as the body of Christ, the church of the living God, the bride who's making herself ready for his coming, that we're watching and praying, Lord, like you've told us. Lord, that we be alert and wise and hear you as you speak to us. Apply it to our lives and our hearts, O Lord. We give all the glory and praise And thank you, Lord Jesus, as we humble ourselves and that we worship you. Hallelujah, in Jesus' name, amen. Spirit speak. Hallelujah. Holy Spirit speak. Hallelujah. Your spirit speaks and moves in me. And I awaken to your love. 
You're drawing me onto my knees And I'm astounded by your love Cause you spoke life into my lungs And you are the air I breathe You are the air I breathe Still you You are the song I sing You are the song I sing You cover me With arms that reach and light Amazed by your sweet grace And you set me
There's no 
that we glorify you alone. Lord, that we glorify you alone. Hallelujah. Oh, praise your name. Praise your name that we glorify you alone. Hallelujah. Praise your name. Glorify you alone. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise you, Lord. Hallelujah. Oh, no, baby, I'm sorry. Yes, Kodash, forgive me. Kodash, the other one needs to be in this place. Forgive me. Hallelujah. Kodash, Kodash. Forgive me, baby. Hallelujah.
came, brothers and sisters. He was. He is. And he is to come. Hallelujah. There, there's no other that can say that. Holy, the true living God. Amen. Well, brothers and sisters, another message for such a time as this, as the Father has said in the book of Hebrews, he has spoken through his Son in these last days. There's nobody else you should be listening to but Jesus. Amen? It is time to submit to the true living God is the message tonight. Shalom, brothers and sisters in Christ, who was, hold on, this is awesome, who was, who is, and is to come. Grace and mercy and love from God the Father, God the Son, Yeshua Jesus, and God the Holy Spirit who lives in us now. This is a very good reason to submit to the true living God. For he is coming. He is coming for his church and his bride who are watching for him to come, longing for him to come, ones who are serving him and be obedient to him now. The Lord now is saying tonight that it is high time that you submit to him, amen, that you submit to your God, your creator, your Savior and Lord, understanding that you are just the created one. He is the creator. Understanding that you are just a mere man, and he is almighty God. A couple of good reasons to submit. Would you not say and agree with me? There is even more reason. The ones who are prideful and arrogant and do not obey and submit to the true living God, they will perish. They will go into everlasting damnation. God have mercy. Brothers and sisters, early Saturday morning, as I was sleeping, the Lord showed me a dream that I was watching to watching what happened to prideful and to the humble. To the prideful and to the humble. Brothers and sisters. There was this place that was dark, that was smoking and burning. You could hear cries and screams. I could see that there was a pit, and around this pit, pit was smoking fire, and fire coming out of it, too. I was standing close to the edge, and I was wondering, why am I here? Why do you want me to see? What do you want me to see, Lord? He told me, my son. This is what is happening to the ones who disobey me. The ones who reject me. The ones in their arrogance and pride say, I don't need no God in my life. This is what happens to them. When the Lord told me this, I saw people falling into the pit. I saw them screaming and crying, no, even, oh. No, God, no. Brothers and sisters, these messages are very serious. Things that God reveals in this world are not temporal, but eternal. You see, when his word says pride goes before a fall, there is two applications to this. One is, if you live this way, you will fall in this life. But also, you will fall into damnation and hell too. God have mercy. So as God reveals these things, 
to make us ready for his return for us and reveal them to the lost so you can repent and get saved and rescued from this dark, evil, lonely place. Please take heed and choose wisely how you live. Amen. The other part of this dream is when the Lord showed me believers were being lifted up in the clouds. They were being lifted up to heaven. He told me, these are the humble, the ones who love me and my father, the ones who are obeying and serving me, the ones who know the time they are living in and in getting ready and preparing for my coming, the ones who have been born again, spirit-filled, the ones that are redeemed by my blood and reconciled to my father. These are the humble. Brothers and sisters, totally opposite of the prideful, the wicked sinners, these people were going up and not down. They were joyful singing. They were rejoicing in the Lord and were happy. They had hope and peace. Amen. So the next lesson we are to learn as the church age comes to a close and tribulation and judgment is coming, what kind of people should we be? And what should we be doing now before the Lord? Amen? We are to submit, brothers and sisters, to the true living God. It is time to give up and quit trying to do it your own way. We are to submit to God, and in doing this, we step out of the way in our life and say, Lord, you take control. Amen? So this is important now, as we are in the season of his coming, that we are to have our oil lamps full. We are to be filled with the spirit of God and not our flesh or this lost, dying world. We have to submit, brothers and sisters. Raise our hands to the Lord and say, I surrender all to thee. We can do nothing without you, Lord Jesus. So let's Take, let's look at this short but powerful word, meaning of submit, to give over or yield to the power or authority of another to present for approval, consideration, or decision of another. So we see very clearly, by definition, we are to give over and to yield to the true living God. We are to seek his approval by submitting to him. Amen? By everyday life around where I live, you can see that people are not submitting. Here lately, I have seen more and more not even wanting to yield at yield signs on the street. This is definitely a sign of not yielding these days. Amen? So let's see what God's word says about this. We will examine three aspects of this one word. The first one is submit. Number one is submit. Go to Job 22, verse 21. Job 22, verse 21. Now, yield and submit yourself to him. Agree with God and be conformed to his will. And be at peace. In this way... You will prosper in great 
good will come to you. That we, like Job, will submit and agree with God and be conformed to his will. Amen? Job 22, verse 23. Job 22, verse 23. If you return to the Almighty and submit and humble yourself before him, you will be built up and restored. If, if you remove unrighteousness far from your tent. This part of and the continuation of this lesson from last week, that we are to submit and humble ourselves before him. When we do this, there here is the promise, built up and restored. Amen? The other point I want to make is this. Like Job and the people of his day, we too are to remove unrighteousness from our from out of our tents or dwelling places. This has two applications. Your actual dwelling place, like a house or an apartment, maybe even a tent for some. But the other place is you. You are the temple of the true living God. Those who are believers, born again, so keep your temple clear and clean of all unrighteousness daily. Amen? Go to Song 62, verse 5. Song 62, for God alone my soul waits in silence and quietly submits to him. For my hope is from him. We submit to him. We have hope. We even have a blessed hope. Amen? We have a blessed hope. Proverbs 16, verse 3. Proverbs 16, verse 3. Commit your works to the Lord. Submit and trust them to him, and your plans will succeed if you respond to his will and guidance. Promises from God to those who submit their life and what they do in their life to him. Yes, even trust them to him. Amen. Jeremiah 35, verse 15. Jeremiah 35, verse 15. I have also sent to you all my servants, the prophets, sending them repeatedly, saying, Let every one of you turn now from his evil way and alter your behavior, and do not follow other gods to worship and serve them, and then you will live in the land which I have given you and to your forefathers. But you have not submitted or listened to me. God have mercy. Brothers and sisters, we have to submit to our Lord and our God. We have to listen attentively in these days we are living now. Amen? Luke 1, verse 17. Luke 1, verse 17. It is he who will go as a forerunner before him in the spirit and the power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers back to the children and the disobedience to the attitude of the righteous, which is to seek and submit to the will of God in order to make, a, make ready a people perfectly prepared spiritually 
immorally for the Lord. Prepare ye for the Lord. Make the path straight for the coming of our God. Amen. Hallelujah to you, Lord. Oh, praise God that we prepare for you. Romans 8, verse 7. Romans 8, verse 7. The mind and the flesh with its sinful pursuits is actively hostile to God. It is not, it does not submit itself to God's law since it cannot. Listen to that, brothers and sisters. Now you know why you need a Savior? Listen to this. It does not submit itself law since it cannot. A mind of the flesh will not submit to God or his commands. This mind will even be hostile to God. We see it clearly in society today. Those who raise their fists to God, who mock and make fun of him and his church, those who will not submit to God, God have mercy on their soul. Romans 10, verse 3. Romans 10, verse 3. Amen. Hallelujah. For knowing about God's righteousness, which is based on faith, and seeking to establish their own righteousness based on works, they did not submit to God's righteousness. You have to submit to God to submit to his righteousness, brothers and sisters. Not your own or some works or rules that have been made up by, by man, have been made I mean, that man had made up. Amen? Brothers and sisters, this work and rule is religion. Righteousness is a relationship. Amen? Hebrews 12, verse 7. Hebrews 12, verse 7. You must submit to correction for the purpose of discipline. God is dealing with you as with sons. For what son is there whom his father does not discipline? This kind of submission can be hard to do in our flesh. The flesh wants to resist God. But as believers, the Lord knew what we needed. He gave us his Holy Spirit. Amen. Hallelujah. So we are here. So we are able. Listen to this. He has given us his Holy Spirit, and the reason is this. So we are able to submit to him and let him discipline us. Amen. Hebrews 12, verse 9. Hebrews 12, verse 9. Hallelujah to his name. Moreover, excuse me. Moreover, we have we've had earthly fathers who discipline us. And we were submitted and respected them. For training us, shall we not much more willfully, willingly, willingly submit to the Father of Spirit and live by learning from his discipline? Amen, right? Praise God. Even more, we are to submit to our Heavenly Father. Amen. James 4, verse 6. Submit to the authority of God. Resist the devil, stand firm against him, 
and he will flee from you. Before you can resist the devil, stand firm against him. What do you have to do according to James? How do you stand and submit and resist the devil? How do you stand and resist the devil and stand firm? So submit to the authority of God. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Play, play a song. I'll be right back, brothers, for uh, number two of this lesson. Amen. Praise, praise. Oh, Of his throne. 
Fire goes before him and consumes his foes on every side. His lightning lights up the world. The earth sees and trembles. The mountains melt like wax before the Lord. Before the Lord of all the earth, the heavens proclaim his righteousness and all people will see his glory. Your power in His service, and your 
resisted the temptation. Show yourself strong, O God, who acted on our behalf. Because of your temple at Jerusalem, pagan kings will bring gifts to you out of respect. Rebuke the beasts living among the reeds in Egypt, the herds of bulls, the leaders, and with the calves of the people. Trample underfoot the pieces of silver. He has scattered the people who delight in war. Princes and envoys shall come from Egypt. Ethiopia will quickly stretch out her hands with the offerings of submission to God. Sing to God, O kingdoms of the earth. Sing praises to the Lord. To him who rides in the highest heavens, in the ancient heavens, behold, he sends out his voice, a mighty and majestic voice. Ascribe strength to God. His majesty is over Israel, and his strength is in the sky. Oh God, you are awesome and profoundly majestic from your sanctuary. The God of Israel gives strength and power to his people. Blessed be God. Amen. Praise God. A great song by our glorious God and conquering king. Call your attention to verse 31. Offerings of submission to God. These nations and leaders take an action doing something to submit to the true living God. Amen. Oh, we need that, don't we? Mm. Songs 110, verse 1. Songs 110, verse 1. The Lord God gives dominion to the king. The Lord Father says to my Lord, the Messiah, his son, set at my right hand until I make your enemies a footstool for your feet, subjugating them into complete submission. There is a time coming that this will come to pass. Amen? Hallelujah. Zephaniah 2, verse 1. Zephaniah 2, verse 1. Judgment on Judah's enemy. Gather yourselves together in repentance. Yes, gather in submission. All nation without shame. Amen. We should be doing this not being judgmental and prideful, but submit to God and his will. Get out of the way, you and your flesh. Let God arise in your heart. Zechariah 9, verse 9. Zechariah 9, verse 9. Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Shout aloud, O daughter of Jerusalem. Behold, your king, your messianic king is coming to you. He is righteous and endowed with salvation, humble and unassuming, in submission to the will of the Father, and riding on a donkey, upon a coat, and a foal of a donkey. Here is the example of our Lord. He wants all of us to do this as we as well as he did. Submission, amen? 
This was fulfilled when our Savior and Lord, the Anointed One of God, came riding on a donkey into Jerusalem. Go to John chapter 12, verses 12 through 15. And this section of Scripture has a caption, The Triumphal Entry. The Triumphal Entry. Verse 12. The next day, when a large crowd who had come to the Passover feast heard that Jesus was coming to Jerusalem, they took branches from palm trees in homage to him as king and went out to meet him. And they began shouting and kept shouting, Hosanna, bless it, celebrate it, praise is he who comes in the name of the Lord, even the king of Israel. And Jesus, finding a young donkey, sat on it. It sat on it, just as it is written in Scripture. Do not fear, daughter of Zion. Behold, your king is coming, seated on a donkey's colt. Praise God. Hallelujah. This is fulfilled through Jesus Christ our Lord. Any Jews out there, look and see from the word of God, from your Torah, what the prophet Zechariah was telling you. It was fulfilled through Yeshua. Understand, this is a triumphal entry in God's eyes. We all have to be humble and submitted to him just like his beloved son did. We all have to humble, have to be humble before we are lifted up. Amen? We all have to be humble before we're lifted up. Just like Christ. Matthew 27, verse 50. Matthew 27, verse 50. And Jesus cried out with a loud, agonizing voice and gave up his spirit. Voluntarily, sovereignly, dismissing and releasing his spirit from his body in submission to his father's plan. Even to end death on a cross, did Jesus submit to his father's plan. Amen. Oh, praise his holy name that he did. Praise that he said, Father, not my will, but your will be done. Hallelujah. Luke 7, verse 38. Luke 7, verse 38. And standing behind him at his feet, Weeping, she began wetting his feet with her tears and wiped them with the hair of her head and respectably kissed his feet as an act signifying both affection, submission, and anointed them with the perfume. Like this woman, brothers and sisters, we too are to submit to fall before him in submission and to give him affection. You see, with submission, the one who submits to, you will give them affection as well. Amen? Philippians 2, 10. Philippians 2, 10. Philippians chapter 2, verse 10, excuse me. Philippians chapter 2, verse 10. Look, before we move on, that's how important that God was showing what submission means is in marriage, brothers and sisters. 
that we are to submit to one another, that we are to submit to one another because we love one another. And because when you love one another, you will show affection. You will show affection to that one you love. You will give time to them. They will be important to you more than yourself. So that at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow in submission. If you're not doing it now, you will do it sometime. If you're not submitting to Christ, the Lord Jesus now, you will sometime down the road. Of those who are in heaven and on the earth and under the earth, everyone, every being that was created by God will submit and bow before him. Glory to God. All will submit. They will all bow in submission to the King of kings and Lord of lords. Amen. Hallelujah. Verse 7, Hebrews 5, verse 7. In the days of his earthly life, Jesus offered up both specific petitions and urgent supplications for that which he needed. With fervent crying and tears, to the one who was always able to save him from death. And he was heard because of his reverent submission toward God. That's why he was heard. That's why your prayers are heard. If you submit before God, that you humble yourself. You come before him humble, not prideful, not arrogant. No, that you come before him humble, repentant. Amen? His sinless and unfailing determination to do the Father's will. Thank God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We're doing the Father's will. Us too, brothers and sisters. See our example. See the Lord Jesus that we are too to have reverent submission toward the true living God. Amen. The third part of this being submitted to the true living God is surrender. Surrender. The meaning of surrender. To yield to the possession or power of another. To give oneself up to someone's influence and course to yield or resign in favor of another. This is what the Lord means by giving your life up to take up your cross daily. Submit to him. Learn from him. Follow him in his example. Amen. Daniel 3, verse 28. Daniel 3, verse 28. Nebuchadnezzar, Nebuchadnezzar responded and said, Blessed be the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who has sent his angel and rescued his servants, who believed in, trusted in, and relied on him. They violated the king's command and surrendered their bodies rather than serve or worship any god except their own god. These young Hebrew men gave us a great example of submitting and trusting in the true living God. Amen. 1 Timothy chapter 1 
verses 1 through 5. 1 Timothy chapter 1, verses 1 through 5. An apostle, special messenger, personally chosen representative of Christ Jesus by the commandment of God, our Savior, and of Christ Jesus, the Messiah, the anointed, our hope, the fulfillment of salvation. Praise God. That's a powerful verse right there. Amen. This this the uh, introduction. Amen. And, and you know, the thing about it is, it don't give no accolades or anything about Paul. It all points to Christ. Amen. Hallelujah. I mean, you always see these people uh, introducing these pastors and stuff and talking about all their school they went to and all this and other. No. It's about the Lord, not them. We're just servants, messengers, representatives of Christ. Amen? Hallelujah. Verse 2. To Timothy, my true son in the faith, grace, inner calm, and spiritual well-being from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord. To you, my brothers and sisters, I say the same. In the faith, my brothers and sisters, the family of God, you are my brother and sister in Christ. The same to you, hallelujah. As I urge you when I was on my way to Macedonia, stay on at Ephesus so that you may instruct certain individuals not to teach any different doctrines, nor pay attention to legends, fables, myths, endless genealogy, which give rise to useless speculation and meaningless arguments rather than advancing God's program of instruction, which is grounded in faith and requires surrendering the entire self to God in absolute trust and confidence. But the goal of our instruction is love, which springs from a pure heart and good conscience and a sincere faith. Brothers, sisters, I want you to turn your attention to one of the most important things we have to do, what God and Paul tells us. Look at verse 4. God's program of instruction, which is grounded in faith and requires surrendering the entire self to God in absolute trust and confidence. We are to surrender our body, our mind our heart, even our life to him. We are to have we have we are to have grounded faith. A faith that is nailed down or strapped down, not wavering. We are to have absolutely trust and confidence in our true living God. Amen. Now let's go to Second Timothy chapter one. Verse 1 through 7. It's amazing, brothers and sisters, as me and Sister Brenda, that we just finished this uh, not too long ago, part of our Bible study, and here's the Lord using these powerful scriptures from Timothy to us tonight. Study yourself approved as a workman before Almighty God. Amen? And that he will use you. He will use you to bring forth his message he will use you for his glory. Timothy charged to guard his trust. Verse 1, Paul, an apostle, special messenger, 
personally chosen representative of Christ Jesus, the Messiah, the anointed, by the will of God, according to the promise of life that is in Christ Jesus. To Timothy, my beloved son, grace, mercy, and peace. Inner calm and spiritual well-being, well-being from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord. I thank God, whom I worship and serve with a clear conscience, that the way of my forefathers did, as I constantly remember you in my prayers night and day. That we are to pray for one another, brothers and sisters, that we have an attitude of prayer. And as I recall your tears, I long to see you so that I may be filled with joy. I remember your sincere and unqualified, I mean, unqualified faith. The surrendering of your entire self to God in Christ with confident trust in his power, wisdom, godliness lived in the heart of your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice. I am confident that it is in you as well. This must be pretty important because Paul tells Timothy again that you have to surrender your entire self, your entire life to God. That is why I remind you to a to fan into flame the gracious gift of God, that inner fire, the special endowment which is in you from the laying on of my hands with those of the elders at your ordination. For God did not give us a spirit of timidity, timidity or cowardness or fear, but he has given us a spirit of power and of love, sound judgment and personal discipline, abilities that result in calm, well-balanced mind and self-control. Glory to his name. What can you say? Paul pouring his heart out for Timothy, his son in the faith. Paul and Timothy in the family of God concerned for one another. Paul and Timothy, servants of the Lord. Paul being older and more mature in the faith, that he is encouraging young Timothy. He tells them that he sees that he has surrendered to the true living God and that he has surrendered his entire self to God in Christ. This is the key to all who are listening. You cannot surrender or truly sub- you cannot surrender or truly submit to the true living God without Christ. Amen? That's the only way. Paul tells Timothy three times to totally surrender your entire self to the true living God in Christ. Now, we will know why our Lord Jesus wants us to surrender to him. The next chapter in Timothy has been heard and seen a lot before my mind and sister Brenda's eyes. The Lord wants us to know his body, his church, and his bride, to know that like Paul and Timothy, we have to surrender our entire self to him to stand in these difficult times and be ready to go home when he says, come up hither. Amen. Second Timothy chapter 3. Second Timothy chapter 3. Difficult times will come. Difficult times will come. 
I do believe all of it, my darling. 17 verses, yes. It's very important. But we understand this. But in the last days, dangerous times of great stress and trouble will come. Difficult days will be hard to bear. For people will be lovers of self, narcissists, self-focused, lovers of money, impaled by greed, boastful, arrogant, revelers, disobedient to parents, ungrateful, unholy, and profane. And they will be unloving, devoid of natural affection, callous, and inhuman, irreconcilable. That's dangerous because you have to be reconciled to God. But so all these others. Malicious, gossips, devoid of self-control, intemperate, immoral, ruder, haters of good, traitors, reckless, conceited, lovers of sensual pleasure rather than lovers of God, holding to the form of outward godliness, religion, although they denied its power, for their conduct nullifies their claim of faith. Avoid such people. Keep far away from them. For among them are those who warm their way into homes and captivate morally weak and spiritually dwarfed women weighed down by the burdens of their sins, easily swayed by various impulses, always learning and listening to anybody who will teach them but never able to acknowledge to come to the knowledge of truth. Just as Janus and Jamaris, the court musicians of Egypt, opposed Moses, so these men also opposed the truth. Men of depraved mind, unqualified and worthless as teachers in regard to the faith. But they will not get very far, for their meaningless nonsense and ignorance will become obvious to everyone as it was of that of Janus and Jamaris. Now you have diligently followed my example, that is, my teaching, conduct, purpose, faith, patience, love, steadfastness. Persecutions and sufferings, such as happened to me at Antioch and Ockham and Lystra. What persecutions? I endured, but the Lord rescued me from them all. Indeed, all who delight in pursuing righteousness and are determined to live godly lives in Christ Jesus will be hunted, persecuted because of their faith. But evil men and impostors will go on from bad to worse. Are we seeing that, God of mercy? Deceiving and being deceived. We're definitely seeing that. But as for you, but as for you, brothers and sisters, the body of Christ, But as for you, continue in the things that you have learned and of which you are convinced, holding tightly to the truth, knowing from whom you have learned them. And from childhood, you have known the sacred writings, Hebrew scriptures, which are able to give you wisdom that leads to salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus, the rendering your entire self to him and had absolutely confidence in his wisdom, power, and goodness. All scripture 
is God-breathed, given by divine inspiration, and is profitable for instruction, for conviction of sin, for correction of error, and restoration to obedience, for training in righteousness, learning to live in conformity to God's will, both publicly and behaving honorably with personal integrity and moral courage, so that a man of God may be complete and proficient, outfitted, and thoroughly equipped for every good work. From God's word, we clearly see these are the times we are living. We have to take heed to the warnings here, to the teaching here, and the revelation for us now. Amen? So now we know that we are to submit, we are to be in submission daily, and we are to surrender to the true living God now. We are to look to Jesus, our example. To look to him for he submitted totally to the Father. We are to look to him, the author and finisher of our faith. When I am learning, I sure, I mean, what I am learning, and I am sure you are, that being humble goes hand in hand with being submitted. Amen? Let's look as we finish with this portion of scripture from Peter. 1 Peter chapter 5. Uh-oh. No, it's uh, <laughs> I got Timothy. I got Timothy again. I mean Timothy two. All right, baby, you're gonna have to read it. Lord of mercy. Chapter five. One through eleven. Mm-mm. How'd that happen? Okay. Amen. I am. Praise God. Oh, I'm sorry, brother. I'm moving. Uh, We're changing position. I copied something down twice instead of. I'm going to start proofreading my messages, I think. Hmm. Praise God. There is no way God makes a way, amen? Hallelujah. We can do it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Amen. God's word is awesome, isn't it, brothers and sisters? Hallelujah. All right.
shepherd and guide and protect the flock of God, um, God among you. Exercising oversight, not under compulsion, but voluntarily according to the will of God. And not motivated by shameful gain, but with wholehearted enthusiasm. Not lording it over those assigned to your care. Do not be arrogant or overbearing, but be examples of Christian living to the flock. Set a pattern of integrity for your congregation. When the chief shepherd Christ appears, you will receive the conqueror's unfading crown of glory. Likewise, you younger men of lesser rank and experience, be subject to your elders. Seek their counsel, and all of you Loathe yourself with humility toward one another. Tie on the servant's apron. For God is opposed to the proud, the, the disdainful, presumptuous, and he defeats them, but gives grace to the humble. Glory to God. Therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God. Set aside self-righteous pride so that he may exalt you to a place of honor in his service at the appropriate time, casting all your cares, all your anxieties, all your worries, all your concerns once and for all on him, for he cares about you with deepest affection and watches over you very carefully. Be sober, well-balanced, self-disciplined. Be alert and cautious at all times. The enemy of yours, the devil prowls, like a roaring lion, fiercely hungry, seeking someone to devour. But resist him. Be firm in your faith against his attack. Rooted, established, immobile, knowing that the same experiences of suffering are being experienced by your brothers and sisters throughout the world. You do not suffer alone. After you have suffered for a little while, the God of all grace, who imparts his blessing and favor, who called you to his own eternal glory in Christ with himself complete, confirm, strengthen, establish you, making you what you ought to be. To him be dominion, power, authority, sovereignty, forever and ever. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Here is Peter pouring out his heart to his brethren of his day before his departure of going home. He is speaking to us now that we are to submit and humble ourselves to him, the Christ, the true living God. Amen. I know you have heard that old saying, it's hard to be humble. That is a lie. You can be humble and submit it to the true living God right now and forever. Amen. Glorify you alone. Glorify you alone, Lord. Hallelujah.
With each beatitude, another nail is driven into a coffin. Inside the coffin lies the corpse of a false understanding of salvation. The false understanding said that a person can be saved without being changed or that a person can inherit eternal life even if his attitude and actions are like the attitudes and actions of unbelievers. The cry of the Beatitudes, one after the other, the Beatitudes, tells us that the blessings of eternity will be given only to those who have become new creatures. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Blessed are the pure at heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. If we don't obtain mercy, we receive judgment. If we don't see God, we don't we are not in heaven. If we are not called sons of God, we are outside the family. In other words, these are all descriptions of final salvation. And it is promised only to the merciful, the pure at heart, and the peacemakers. Therefore, the Beatitudes are like long spikes holding down the lid of the coffin of the false teaching, which says that if you just believe in Jesus, you will go to heaven, whether or not you are merciful or pure at heart or or a peacemaker. In fact, from beginning to the end of the Sermon on the Mount cries out, Get yourself a new heart. Become a new person. The river of judgment is at the door. You recall the words in verse 20? Unless your righteousness exceeds that of you, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. And that's Matthew 5.20. I'm sorry. Excuse me. I'm sorry. Matthew 5.20. And at the end of the sermon, which is Matthew 7.26, The Lord calls out over the crowd, everyone who hears these words of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who has built his house upon the sand and the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat against the house and it fell and the great and great was the fall of it. In other words, a life of disobedience to the Beatitudes, and to the Sermon of the Mount will not stand in the judgment, no matter what we believe. An old book written by Horatius Boner to pastors in which he said, Our words are feeble, even when they sound, when, when sound and true. Our looks are careless, even when our words are weighty. And our tones betray the epsy, which both words and looks disguised. So I want to impress upon your conscience tonight with as much earnestness as I can with the beatitude. Jesus is not making optional suggestions, and this sermon is not a series of suggestions on how to make the world better. On the contrary, Jesus is describing the pathway to heaven And this sermon is a message from God to urge you to get on the pathway and stay on the path so you can be called sons of God at the last judgment. This is 
this is what is at stake tonight. If you are on the narrow path that leads to life, my purpose is to stay, help you stay on it. Amen. And if you're still on the broad way that leads to destruction, my purpose is to, to direct you in the path of life. When when Jesus says, blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be, he does not tell us how to become sons of God. He simply says that sons of God are, in fact, peacemakers. People who are peacemakers will be recognized as the sons of God as a judgment. And they will be called that, that they are, and they're welcome into the Father's house. To see how to become sons of God, we can look for, we can look, for example, at John one twelve and Galatians 3.26. John one twelve says, To all who receive him, Jesus, who believe in his name, power to become children of God. And in Galatians 3.26, it says, For in Christ, we are all sons of God through faith. In other words, we become sons of God by trusting in Christ for our forgiveness and hope. What what Jesus is saying in Matthew 5, 9 is that people who have become sons of God have the character of their heavenly father. And we know from scripture that their heavenly father is a God of peace. Amen. You can find all this out in Romans 16, 20, 1 Thessalonians 5, 23, Hebrews 13, 20. We know that the hev- that heaven is is a world of peace, and most important of all, we know that God is a peacemaker. Second Corinthians five nineteen says, "God was in Christ reconciling the world to Himself, not counting their trespasses against them. He made peace by the blood of the cross." In other in other words. Even though by nature we are rebels against God and have committed high treason and are worthy of the eternity court-martial and hung by our neck until dead, nevertheless, God has sacrificed his own son and now declares amnesty free and clear to any who will lay down their arms of independence and come home to faith. God is a peace-loving God and a peace-making God. The whole history of redemption climaxing in the death and resurrection of Jesus is God's strategy to bring about a just and lasting peace between rebel man and himself and then between man and man. Therefore, God's children are that way they have the character of their father, and they have and they have the character character of their father. What he loves, they love. What he pursues, they pursue. You can know his children by whether they are willing to make sacrifices for peace, and the way God the way God did. By the sovereign work of God's grace, rebel human beings are born again. 
and brought from rebellion to faith and made into children of God. We were given a new nature after the image of our Heavenly Father. If he is a peacemaker, then his children who have his nature will be my peacemakers too. Or to put it another way, as Paul says in Galatians 4, 6, since we are sons, God has sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father. And therefore, as he says in Romans 8, 14, all who are led by the spirit of God are the sons of God and are being led by the spirit, always including bearing the fruit of the spirit, and the fruit of the spirit is peace. Amen. So you see why why it must be so that the children of God must be peacemakers. Amen. It is by the spirit of God that we are made children of God. And the spirit of God is the spirit of peace. If we do not if we if we are not peacemakers, we are not we do not have the spirit of Christ. So we don't earn our merit the privilege of being sons of God. Instead, we owe our new birth to the sovereign grace of God. John one thirteen. we owe our faith to the impulses of the new birth. First John 1, 5, 5, I mean, excuse me. First John five one, we receive the Holy and in Galatians three two, the fruit of the Spirit is peace. In Galatians five twenty two, and those who bear the fruit of peace are sons of God. So our whole salvation from beginning to end is all of grace. Therein lies our hope and joy and freedom. But our final salvation is not unconditional. We must be peacemakers. Therein lies our earnestness and the great seriousness with which we must deal with these beatitudes. Is everything okay? And seek the grace of our in our lives. Now, let's look at the prom- what it means to be a peacemaker, okay? The promise of sonship in the second half of Matthew 5, 9 points to us to Matthew 5, 43 through 45 for the main insight. Both of these texts describe how we can show ourselves to be sons of God. You have heard that it was said, you you shall love your neighbor with and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you so that you may be sons of your Father who is in heaven. For he makes the sun rise on the evil and on the good and sends rain on the just and the unjust. Notice verse 45 so that you may be sons of your Father who is in heaven. The thought of the... And though it is the same in Matthew 5, 9, there we must be peacemakers, be thought called sons of God. 
here we must love our enemies and pray for those who persecute us if we would be sons of God. So probably as all the acts of love by which we try to overcome the enemy between us and other people. And if we ask for specifics, he gives us two examples. First, the first thing he mentioned is prayer. Pray for those who persecute us. Pray for what? The next chapter tells us in Matthew 6, 9, 10, Jesus says, Pray like this. Pray that you and your enemy will ho- would hollow God's name. Pray that God's kingdom be acknowledged in your life and his life. Pray that you and he would do God's will the way the angels do in heaven. In other words, pray for conversion and sanctification. The basis of peace is purity. Pray for your pray for yours and pray for his that they that there might be peace. Then in Matthew five forty seven, Jesus gives us another example of peacemaking. Love in this text. If you salute or greet your only your brethren, what more are you doing than others? In other words, if there is a is a rupture in one of your relationships, or if there is someone who opposes you, don't nurse that grudge. Don't feed the animosity by ignoring and avoiding that person. That is the natural thing to do. Just cross the street so that you don't have to greet them. But that is not the impulse of the spirit of the peacemaking God who sacrificed his son to reconcile us to himself or in each other. So peacemaking tries to build bridges to people. <laughs> that, see, not from them, to them. It does not want the animosity to remain. It wants reconciliation. It wants harmony. And so it tries to show what may be the only courtesy, maybe only courtesy the enemy will tolerate, namely a greeting. The, peace, the peacemaker looks at the enemy right in his eye and says, good morning. And he says it with a longing for peace in his heart, not a phony gloss of politeness to cover his anger. Well, good morning. Hello. How are you? It's not like that. It's good morning. God bless you. So we pray and take whatever practical initiative we can to make peace, beginning with some something as simple as a greeting. But we do not always succeed. I want to make sure you don't equate peacemaking, peace achieving. A peacemaker longs for peace and works for peace and sacrifices for peace, but the attainment of peace may not come. In Romans twelve eighteen, it's very important at this point, where Paul says, if possible, so far as it depends upon you, live peaceable with all. That is the goal of a peacemaker, if possible, so far as it depends on you. Don't let the rupture of the relationship be your fault. Here, here it is. Peace or truth. 
tough question. Is it your fault when the when the stand that you take is causing the division? If you have alienated someone and brought down their anger upon your head because you have done or said what is right, have you ceased to be the a peacemaker? Not necessarily. Paul said, if it is possible, live at peace. He's estimates there will be times that standing for the truth will make it impossible. For example, to the Corinthians in 11, uh, 18 and 19, I hear that you have division among you. I partly believe it, for there must be must be fractions factions among you in order that these those who are genuine among you may be recognized. Now he would not have said that if the genuine Christian would should have compromised the truth in order to prevent divisions at all cause. Hmm. It was precisely because some of the Christians were genuine genuine peacemakers the son of the divisions existed Jesus said in Matthew 10:34 Do not think that I have come to bring peace on earth I have not come to bring peace but a sword for I have come to set a man against his father a daughter against her mother a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law and a man's foe will be those of his own household In other words, you must love peace and work for peace. You must pray for your enemies and do good to them and greet them and long for the barriers between you to be overcome. But you must never abandon your allegiance to me and my word, no matter how much animosity it brings down on your head. You are not guilty You are not in the wrong if your life of obedience and your message of love and truth elicit hostility from some and affirmations from others. Perhaps it is just this warning that Jesus wants to sound when the the very next beatitude says, Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake. In, In other words, righteousness must not be Compromise in order to make peace with your prosecutors. When Jesus pronounced a blessing on you for being persecuted for the sake of righteousness, he clearly sub- clearly subordinates the go of good peace of peace to the go of righteousness. In James three seventeen it says, "The wisdom from above is first pure, then peaceable." First pure, then peaceable, not the other way around. And that, and that is the order we have in the Beatitudes also in verse 8 and then 9. First, blessed are the pure at heart, then blessed are the peacemakers. Purity takes precedence over peace. Purity is the basis of biblical peace. Purity may not be compromised in order to make peace. That leads me to, and I'm just going to say this, go off, stick our ground. We have 
lawsuits, we, we, you cannot declare the lesser of two evils. The lesser of two evils is still evil. Amen. Do, not, do not compromise your faith, your purity for this. The lesser of two evils is still evil, Amen. no matter how you look at it. Do not compromise. Now, I want to close by dealing with one or more, one more question that a message like this would arise for some people today. Why, why, in view of the world situation, does this message on peacemaking confine itself to the personal dim- dimensions of prayer and greetings and individual reconciliation? Aren't these personal issues insignificant in comer- comparison with issues of war, uh, arms, and death, and religion oppression. We, before we answer the question, let's ask another one. Was Jesus aware that the iron hand of the Roman Empire rested on the tiny land of, of the Jews without their consent? Was he aware of Archelaus, thousand Jews at a Passover celebration? We know the answer. Was he aware that the Roman soldiers could conscript any Jew that they chose and carry their their baggage? Was he aware that Pilate had his soldiers bludgeon a crowd of Jews protesting his protesting his stealing from the temple treasury? Was he aware that Pilate Pilate massacred Jews on the temple ground and mixed their blood with their with their sacrifices that for they were offering? When Jesus spoke of enemies, why did he confine himself to prayer and personal greetings and blessings to individuals, individual deeds of generosity and kindness? Why didn't he talk about the issues of national humiliation, the Roman oppression, and the political corruption, and the unbridled martyrism of his day? Was he utterly out of touch with the big issue of the day? Social injustice as demands for personal repentance? No. There is another explanation of why he preaches the way he does. In Luke 13, 1 through 5, some people confronted Jesus with one pilot. Here's the, the here's the way he responded. There are some there were some present at the time, the very time, who told him of the Galilean whose blood Pilate had mingled with the sacrifices, and he answered them, "Do you think that these uh, Galatians were were worse sinners than all the other Galatians?" Because they, they, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, did I say, Galileans, I'm sorry, y'all, I'm sorry, Galileans, because they, because they suffered thus, I tell you no, but unless you repent, you will all likewise perish. He took a major social outrage of injustice and turned it, it into a demand for personal individual repentance. Unless you repent, you will all likewise perish. That's what he said. That's the way he always did. Why did he do this? 
because for Jesus, the eternal the eternal destiny of a human soul is a weightier matter, a bigger issue than the temporal destiny of a of a nation. If you came to Jesus with a question about the justice of taxes to Tiberius Caesar, he would turn it into a personal command aimed right at your own heart. To you, give to Caesar the things that are Caesar's and to God, which are God's. If you came to about the injustice of your brother who will not divide his inheritance with you, he will turn it into a warning to your own conscience. Man who made me a judge or divider over you, take heed and beware of all covenantness. For a man's life does not consist in the abundance of his possessions. A truly weighty matter of the world today. Now let's go back to the question. What does a message what does a message on peacemaking from the Sermon on the Mount focus on the individual issues of prayer and greetings and personal reconciliation? Aren't these personal issues insignificant in comparison with the issues of war and terrorism? The answer is no, because the point of these personal issues in the Sermon on Mount is to to make crystal clear that every individual within the hearing of my voice must become a new creature if you are to have eternal life. You must have a new heart. Without a merciful, pure, peacemaking heart, you cannot be called a son of God at the judgment day. And that is truly a weighty matter in the world today. As the son of man, as the son of man confined in the, his views of the world, he is out of touch with the real issues of life because he regards the eternal salvation of your soul as a weightier matter than the temporal destiny of the nations on earth. Blessed are the peacemakers who pray for your enemies and greet your opponents with love and sacrifice like your heavenly Father for reconciliation of the people to God and to each other. For you will be called sons of God and inherit eternal life in the kingdom of your Father. Amen. Amen. Amen, amen, brothers and sisters. That, uh, we know, you know, that it says that uh, the people who are sinners, they're the enemies of God. So we're to love the sinners because why? Jesus the sinners. Amen. That's right, because he's a friend of sinners. Praise God. Well, one thing for sure, brothers and sisters, is we've talked about the Beatitudes and then look and blessed are the peacemakers today shall be called the sons of God that we are to live like that amen live like that sometimes I think what will people say of me when I'm only just a memory when I'm home where my soul belongs was I love, but no one else would show up 
Was I Jesus to the least of us? Was my worship more than just a song?
a pound of ointment of signor, very costly, and anointed Jesus' feet, and wiped his feet with her hair, and the house was filled with the Savior of the ointment. Brothers and sisters, I pray that we are a sweet-smelling Savior to the Lord God in his nostrils. Amen. That we, like Mary, would submit and bow before him and to worship and honor him. Amen. Hallelujah. That we would be like what she did. She broke this expensive jaw this alabaster jar. And as it was broken, and as the ointment poured out on his, that it could be smelled, I mean, it was the smell, the savor was all in the house. Like the presence of God, the anointing of the Lord. Do you know that that, 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 that uh, aroma was there for days, even after Jesus left? Amen. Amen. And, and that this was preparing for what he had to face. This was preparing for his barrier. His burying is what he said later in the chapter. But, brothers and sisters, that we would be servants and that we would be a sweet-smelling offering to the Lord. Amen? Alabaster Joe.
Amen, amen. amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. Now here is, uh, what happened? Okay, we got to wait for Sister Brandon to come back. She hit the wrong button. It happens. Amen. Well, bless each one of you, Brother Al and Sister Sunshine and Mr. 2262. I know Sister Randy was here earlier and Sister Marietta, bless them. I pray for all that are listening. Praise God. Bless you all. There she is. She's back. Children and families, brothers. An inheritance from the Lord. Psalm 127.3 Children are an inheritance from the Lord. They are a reward from Him. Those who leave an inheritance to their heirs transfer their legacy in several ways. They leave a heritage of what they have, what they do, and a greater legacy for those who are Christ-like, of those who and who they are, according to your to our key verse, children are part of our the inheritance God gave his gives his people. God is the Creator. That's who He is. The one of His and one of His most wonderful abilities is the capacity to create. That's that's what He does. So as part of the inheritance, God has passed onto the uh, proactivity ability, procreative, procreate ability, in which we, in which I believe is one of the most the greatest gifts we have we could have. It is a profound thing that a man and a woman can make can unite be. Can unite in marriage and apart their image and likeness to their offspring. Furthermore, when any child is conceived, he or she contains a soul and that will live forever. <clears throat> God could have reserved this creative ability for himself, but he rejoiced to have to share this powerful reflection of who he is and what he does. Our prayer declaration. Yeah. Lord God, first, thank you for my children, Joshua and Emma, Scotty, April, Jessica, Bobby, Veronica, as an inheritance from you. you. I praise you that you that 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 my image and values are being passed to my children. As I as a co-laborer with you, creatively working both naturally and spiritually to fill the earth with God-loving people, I thank you for the ability to transfer my ch- children an inheritance of, of what I have, but more importantly, an inheritance of who I am and what I do as a servant of God, a child of God a member of the bride of Christ, married to you forever. This glorious facet is my identity. I bequeath to Joshua, 
and Emma, Scotty, April, Jessica, Bobby, Veronica, their spouses, and their children by faith. May they receive an inheritance with gratitude and faith, and then become an inheritance from the Lord that is passed to the next generation. In the name of Jesus, amen. Brenda, her, one of her sons, Bobby, birthday blessings to Bobby. Yeah, today's, today's Bobby's 34th birthday, 34th, I think. <laughs> I could be wrong. I, I haven't been known to be wrong before. Uh-oh. Uh, another thing I wanted to say, baby, listen to the Amplified in that verse, uh, Psalm 127, verse 3. Behold,
to be forgiven. Amen. Well, praise God. Hallelujah. Um, this is for one thing for sure. As we hear this from Psalm 127, what we have learned about being peacemakers, what we have learned about submitting to the true living God, how can it be? <laughs> how can it be? See if it'll go on. There you go, Lord. Thank you. He makes a way.
a young lady put up a video. And what they did, they went to people uh, around college campuses out on the street, and they asked them, were they uh, uh, pro-life or pro-choice? And they said, mainly and most of them said pro-choice. Women have the right. They have the right. And then they showed them a video of the procedure of an abortion. And everyone that saw the procedure and what they were doing to that baby in the womb changed their mind. Because a lot of people don't know the truth. And when the truth comes out, they're touched and changed. Because you remember that God is their creator. And he has put something in everybody that's going to touch their heart and understand life is precious. Life is so precious. And I'm telling you, every one of them, every one of them changed their minds. Right there on on the video, they recorded. They were this, and then all of a sudden they came this because they saw the truth about what this terrible thing is. Amen? So, praise God. Amen. Let's... uh, Let's understand, uh, brothers and sisters, that we are the temple of the living God. And what did Jesus say to the people when he drove them out with the cat of nine tails? That you made my house into a den of thieves. It is said that my house will be a house of what? Lord, make me a house. Make me a house Make me a house, make me a house of prayer, a house of prayer. Lord, make me a house, make me a house of prayer.
Make me a house of prayer. Day and night, night and 
pray day and night. Seek your face day and night. Make me a house of prayer. Even for him. 
But the main important thing is that he gets right with Christ. Amen? And we need to pray for Sis Randy. Sis Randy uh, has a head cold headache and the baby girl with fever. Well, we need to pray against these things and lift her up and know that our Lord is the great physician. And he can heal Sis Randy and he can heal his, her, uh, her baby girl. And that we rebuke against these things. I mean, this fever and headache and cold, all of this, in the name of Jesus. Amen. Anybody else have any prayer requests? Of course, we have to keep praying, uh, praying for this nation, that we know that the only, only really true leader that we have is King Jesus. <laughs> King Jesus, because there's not much hope for, uh, for, <laughs> for men following men and trusting them, that's for sure. Praying for this nation. Praying for the USA. Praying for the USA. And we pray for Israel. Praying for Israel. Keep praying for the our policemen. praying for policemen and their families for protection. Amen. Any others? Oh, man. Okay, Brother Al. Pray for healing of your tooth. Anybody else? Amen. Amen. Good sunshine. Yes. Pray for the homeless and poor. Pray for salvation for family and friends. For friends and family. Amen. Pray against the spirit of cancer. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Amen. Supernatural protection. Praise God. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. We uh, remember all that are standing for truth. Watchmen, women, watch women that are standing for the Lord. Amen. That we remember those. All that serve here at the Lord's hour. Brothers and sisters, we need to be praying for people that are missing. I pray, you know, if they're not coming in, I pray they're still being fed by the Lord. I pray they're not going out in the wilderness by themselves somewhere, like the doubt, like Thomas, who became doubting Thomas because of it. I pray for the missing brethren, the missing brethren. Amen. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Praise God. Father God, we just thank you and praise you for this night. Lord God, we thank you, and thank you that we can come together as brothers and sisters. Lord, we know by your word, you said, as two or three gather together in my name, there will I be also. Thank you, Lord. We thank you as two or more gather together here, our brothers and sisters in Christ, the family of God, even our guests. Father God, and uh, yes, the sunshine, for, pray for the children. Amen. Pray for the children, uh, yes, especially children 
in the womb too. Pray for children. Amen. Thank you, Father. We just worship and honor you. We come humbly before you in the name of Jesus, Father. Lord God, we come before the mercy seat and ask you to intervene. Lord God, we pray for Sis Maria to comfort her, strengthen her, Lord. I pray the comfort of the Holy Spirit be upon her and her household. Lord God, I pray for Roger, Lord, that he would open his heart to you, that he needs you. Lord, as he's coming toward the end of his life, and he, I pray that he be comforted in peace. But the most important thing, that he gets right with you, Lord, that he is reconciled to the Father through you, Lord Jesus, we pray. Father God, we pray for Sister Randy. We pray in the name of Jesus against this cold and headache and this fever on the child. We pray in the name of Jesus that they would leave and that she would be healed, baby would be healed and refreshed and comfort and peace upon them in the name of Jesus. Father God, we pray for the USA. The times we're facing are very, this uh, uh, very strange, Lord, and very concerning, chaotic. Just God have mercy. Father, we just pray that for the people, and we pray the most important thing, that they would call out to you, Lord, and look for your wisdom and direction and understand that you are in total control, not these fallible men and not the politicians and people of this country, but you, Lord. Praying for the nation of Israel and Jerusalem, Lord. Praying for the peace for Jerusalem and Israel. And they cry out to Yahweh. And they cry out to Yeshua HaMashiach, O oh Father. Keep praying for the police and their families. We pray for protection. We pray for guidance, Lord. We pray you watch over and protect them, Lord, them and their families. And that, Lord, this would give them that they would understand they need to trust you. But the, this job they do is dangerous, and they need to know that you are in their life and that you're watching over them, Lord. Father God, we pray for Brother Al in the name of Jesus. We pray for healing, Lord. We pray that healing upon that tooth. Lord, we pray that you would heal him in the name of Jesus. Father God, we pray for the homeless and poor. Lord, we pray that you would provide their needs, and blessed are the poor in spirit, for they shall be comforted, the Lord says. Father, we pray for salvation for families and friends, and Lord, that we claim salvation for households, just like Cornelius did in the Philippian jailer, Lord, by your word. Father God, we pray against the spirit of cancer in the name of Jesus. Break this spirit, I pray, Lord, over people's lives. And that you would bring healing and life into them, Father. God, we just praise you. We pray for supernatural protection. Song 91 protection for us, Lord. And that the angels of God are encamped around us. Father God, we pray for our missing brethren. We miss them. We pray and hope they are all right. And we pray, Father, that you would bless them and strengthen them. And that they are calling still upon you wherever they're at. We pray we, that they would look that they would uh, look to you as the day approaches, O oh Lord. Father God, we pray for children. We pray for the born and unborn. And Father, we lift them up. And Father, that you would watch over and protect them and bless them. We thank you for the gift and heritage and the fruit of the womb, Lord. Without it, we wouldn't even be here. We wouldn't even be people. 
But, Lord, you have made a way that seems to be no way more graceful. And we praise and honor you, Father. We thank you for this night. We give all the glory and praise to you in the name of Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. Brothers and sisters, know this, that you, in the eyes of God, are flawless. Flawless. There's got to be more than going back and forth.
visited, I'll leave you with one scripture. Isaiah 61.10. I will greatly rejoice in the Lord, and my soul shall be joyful in my God, for he has clothed me with the garment of salvation and covered me with the robe of righteousness. He has decked me like a bridegroom and as a bride or tar herself with jewels. Bless you, each one. Shalom to all. Shalom. Good night. Shalom. We love you. Good night. Hallelujah. Praise God, baby.